Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey everybody, welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. I'm opening up a series of conversations out of the book, The Release of the Spirit by Watchman Nee. Without this work of brokenness happening within us, led by the Holy Spirit, invited by us and embraced by us, we will not see the true outpouring of His Spirit from within His sons. It's not a matter of just the releasing of gifts. We must have the release of the Spirit. So here we go, my friends. Enjoy. Let's open up some conversations about the importance of brokenness. There is so much flooding from the souls of men, meaning people, uh, these days, uh, that our bodies and whatever form they're taking, our souls, whatever feelings they're having, uh, so much is being dictated by body and soul today that it's almost as though we don't even know that we are spirit. And so I want to step into this series of conversations uh, using um, the book, The Release of the Spirit by Watchman Nee, as a basis for these conversations. So let me just read uh, the opening portion of chapter one from that book, The Importance of Brokenness. Anyone who serves God will discover sooner or later that the great hindrance he has in the Lord's work is not others but himself. He will discover that his outward man, soul, is not in harmony with his inward man, spirit. Both tend to go toward two opposite directions from each other. He will also sense the inability of his outward man to submit to the inner control of his regenerated spirit received through the new birth. Thus, he is rendered incapable of obeying God's highest commands. He will quickly detect that his greatest difficulty lies in his outward man, which hinders him from using his spirit. Many of God's servants are not able to do even the most elementary work. Ordinarily, they should be enabled by the exercise of their spirit to know God's word, to discern the spiritual condition of another, to send forth God's messages under the anointing, and to receive God's illumination. Yet due to the distractions of the outward man, their spirit does not seem to function properly. It is basically because their outward man has never been dealt with. For this reason, excitement in revivals, pleading prayers, and zealous activities are but a waste of time. As we shall see, Only one kind of basic dealing can enable man to be useful before God. Brokenness. Notice how the Bible separates man into two parts. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. Romans 7.22 Our inward man delights in the law of God. To be strengthened with power by his spirit in the inner man. Ephesians 3.16 And Paul also tells us, In 2 Corinthians 4.16, But if indeed our outward man is consumed, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. First of all, when God comes to indwell us by His Spirit with His life and power, 
He comes into our spirit at the time when we were born again. John 3, 6. This regenerated spirit located at the center of man's being is what we call the inward man. Secondly, outside the sphere of this inward man indwelt by God is the soul. Its functions are our thoughts, emotions, and will. Thirdly, the outermost man is our physical body characterized by its external instincts of sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. We thus will speak of the spirit as the inward man, the soul as the outer man, and the body as the outermost man. We must never forget that our inward man is the human spirit where God dwells, the place where the spirit of the Lord is joined to our spirit, 1 Corinthians 6.17. Just as we are dressed in our clothing, so our inward man wears an outward man. In other words, our spirit wears the soul. Moreover, the spirit and soul similarly wear the body. It is quite evident that men are generally more conscious of the outer man and the outermost man, but they hardly recognize or understand their inner man, their spirit. We must know that he who can work for God is the one whose inward man can be released. The basic difficulty of a servant of God lies in the failure of his inward man to break through his outward man. Therefore, we must recognize before God that the first difficulty to our work is not in others, but in ourselves. Our spirit seems to be wrapped in a covering which cannot easily break forth. If we have never learned how to release our inward man by breaking through the outward man, we are not able to serve. Nothing can so hinder us as this outward man. Whether our works are fruitful or not depends upon whether our outward man has been broken by the Lord so that the inward man can pass through this brokenness and come forth. This, in a statement, specifies the basic problem. The Lord wants to break our outward man in order for the inward man to have a way out. When the inward man is released, both unbelievers and other Christians will be blessed. The Lord Jesus tells us in John 12, Except the grain of wheat falling into the ground die, it abides alone. But if it die, it bears much fruit. Verse 24. The life is within the grain of wheat, but there is a shell, a very hard shell on the outside. As long as the shell is not split open, the wheat cannot sprout and grow. Except the grain of wheat falling into the ground die. What is this death? It is the cracking open of the shell through temperature and humidity working together in the soil. Once the shell of the husk is split open, the wheat begins to grow. So the question here is not whether life exists inside the shell, but whether the shell on the outside is cracked open. The scripture continues by saying, in verse 25, he that loves his life, the Greek word suke, which is soul, shall lose it. And he that hates his life, Greek 
suke soul, in this world shall keep it to life eternal. The Lord shows us here that the outer shell is our own life, identified as our soul life, while the life within is the eternal life which he has given to us. To allow the inner life to come forth, it is imperative that the outward life be replaced. Should the outward remain unbroken, the inward would never be able to come forth. It is necessary in this writing that we direct these words to that group of people who has the Lord's life. Among those who possess the life of the Lord, they can be found in two distinct conditions. One includes those in whom life is confined, restricted, imprisoned, and unable to come forth. The other includes those in whom the Lord has forged a way out, and life is thus released through them. The question is not how thus to obtain life, but rather how to allow this life to come forth. When we say we need the Lord to break us, this is not merely a style of speaking, nor is it only a doctrine. It is most vital that the Lord breaks us. It is not that the Lord's life cannot cover the earth, but rather we imprison his life. It is not that the Lord cannot bless the church, but that the Lord's life is so confined within us, nothing is flowing forth. If the outward man remains unbroken, we can never be a blessing to his church, and we cannot expect the Lord to bless the word of God through us. The Bible speaks of alabaster vial of very costly perfume of pure spikenard in Mark 14.3. God purposely used this term pure in his word to show that it is truly spiritual. But if the alabaster box is not broken, the pure spikenard will not flow forth. Strange to say, many are still treasuring the alabaster box, thinking that its value exceeds that of the ointment. Many think that their outward man is more precious than their inward man. This becomes the problem confronting the church. One will treasure his cleverness, thinking he is quite important. Another will treasure his own emotions, esteeming himself to be more advanced than other people. Others highly regard themselves because they feel they are better than others. Their eloquence surpasses that of others, or their quickness of action and exactness of judgment are superior, and so forth. However, we are not antique collectors, nor are we vase admirers. We should be those who desire to smell only the fragrance of the ointment. Without the breaking of the outward, the inward fragrance will not come forth. Hence, not only do we individually have no flowing out, but also the church has no living way. Why then should we hold our outward man to be so precious especially if the outward only contains the fragrance instead of releasing the fragrance. The Holy Spirit has not ceased working. He makes sure one event after another and one difficulty after another come to us. These disciplinary workings of the Holy Spirit have but one purpose, to break our outward man so that our inward man may come through. Yet here is our difficulty We fret over trifles, we murmur at small losses, and we complain about insignificant things. 
The Lord is ever finding and preparing a way in order to use us. Yet when his hand slightly touches us, we begin to feel unhappy, even to the extent of quarreling with God and having a negative attitude. Since the time we were saved, we have been touched by the Lord many times in various ways, all with the purpose of breaking our outward man. Whether we are conscious of it or not, the aim of the Lord is to break this stubborn vessel called our outward man. Nevertheless, the treasure is in the earthen vessel, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. But if the earthen vessel cannot be broken, who can see the treasure within? Have we seen what is the final objective of the Lord's working in our lives? It is to break open this earthen vessel to burst open our alabaster box, to crack open our shell. The Lord longs to find a way to bless the world through those who belong to Him. Brokenness is the way of blessing, the way of fragrance, the way of fruitfulness. But it is also a path sprinkled with blood from our wounds. Yes, there is blood from the many wounds we suffer. When we offer ourselves to the Lord for His service, we cannot afford to be lenient and to spare ourselves. We must allow the Lord to crack open our outward man utterly so that He may find a way out for His working through us. Each of us must find out for himself personally what is the mind of the Lord in his life. It is a most lamentable fact that many do not know what is the Lord's mind or intention for their lives how much they need Him to open their eyes to see that everything which comes into their lives can be meaningful. The Lord has not wasted even one thing. To understand the Lord's purpose is to see very clearly that He is aiming at a single objective, and it is simply this, the breaking of our outward man. However, too many of us, even before the Lord raises a hand, are already upset. Oh, we must realize that all life's experiences, troubles, and trials which the Lord sends are for our highest good. We cannot expect the Lord to give anything better, for these constant difficulties are His best. Should one approach the Lord and pray, saying, Oh, Lord, please let me choose the best thing for my life, I believe the Lord would tell him, What I have given you is the best. Your daily trials are for your greatest profit. So God's motive behind all the things He has ordered for our lives is clearly for the breaking of our outward man. Once this occurs and our spirit can come forth, we will be enabled to exercise and release our spirit consistently. The Lord employs two different means to break our outward man. One is gradual, the other is sudden. To some, the Lord gives a sudden breaking, followed by a gradual one. With others, the Lord arranges constant daily trials until one day He brings about a large-scale breaking. If it is not the sudden first and then the gradual, then it is the gradual followed by the sudden. It would seem the Lord usually spends several years upon most of us before He can accomplish this work of breaking. The timing is in His hand. We cannot shorten the time, though we certainly can prolong it. In some lives, the Lord is able to accomplish this work after a few years of dealing. In others, it is evident that after 10 or 20 years, the work is still unfinished. This kind of delay is most serious. Nothing is more grievous than wasting God's time. 
and how often the church is also hindered. We can preach by using our mind, and we can stir others by using our emotions, but if we do not know how to use our spirit, the Spirit of God cannot touch people through us, and this loss is so great. Should we needlessly prolong the time? Therefore, if we have never wholly and intelligently consecrated ourselves to the Lord, let us do so now, saying, Lord, for the future of the church, for the future of the gospel, for thy way and also for my own life, I offer myself without condition, without reservation, into your hands. Lord, I delight to offer myself unto you, and I'm willing to let you have your full way through me. My friends, that's not even the end of chapter 1, but I'm going to stop there because these are hefty, strong words, and I do not read them lightly, and I do not pass on their meaning lightly. But I will leave you with these today as this is opening up the beginning of conversations about how we are going to increase our abiding with Him, our, therefore our fruitfulness with Him in the days, weeks, months, and years to come because it is going to be oh so very necessary if the soul and body are going to stop being the lead and if we are finally going to be led by the Spirit in the Spirit, that we are going to live as who we are in the Spirit, knowing ourselves after the Spirit, and that we are going to see that which the Father has truly desired. That only can come if we embrace the breaking that God brings. And this, my friends, requires deep trust in the Lord and to stop trusting ourselves and to stop trusting ourselves to others, expecting that they will be able to do for us what only the Father can do by the breaking that Holy Spirit walks us into. I do not say this lightly because I know that this has been stirring in me over the last weeks and uh, that means that God's doing it in me, fresh. And, uh, of course, then I'm going to pass it on to you and encourage you in this. So take heed, my friends. God is at work, and um, we are not just growing ourselves. He is releasing the Spirit, and the Spirit is going to increase in the days ahead because that is the only way that we can face um, the trouble of the hour, that we can walk in any kind of life, love, discernment, sharpness, consistency, stability, is the release of His life within us. So here we go, my friends. I'm glad to be opening up this series of conversations. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.